Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates and they were roommates. talk about a new movie every week. But this week on the show, we're talking about actors who need to fire their agents and hire us instead. As always, I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal, and I'm joined by my co-agent and co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, welcome back to the show. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks so much for having me back, man. I uh, appreciate that intro a lot. <laughs> there was some yeah. discussions that after, you know, recent episodes, we might not bring you back, but we're, we might renew the contract. <laughs> you know, uh, it is a contract year, I think. Last year, my contract, so got to perform. But uh, yeah, very excited to be here, man. Uh, we've, we've been talking about doing a, an episode like this for a while, I think. So definitely should be a fun time and uh, put ourselves in, you know, the real life Hollywood roles here. And uh, I think I have some good projects, you know, lined up, but uh, it'll definitely be a fun episode. Well, I'm going to make you explain what we're doing just because this is technically <laughs> your idea. But before we do that, I just want to say, hey, if you want to be a guest on the show, hit us up. Uh, always looking for new guests. If you're listening to this and you haven't already been a guest, or if you already have been a guest, let us know you want to come on because we're always looking for new people. We got lots of uh, new guests that are going to be coming in the next couple of weeks, which we're excited about. And then the second thing is follow us at Cat Podcast, K-H-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Check out our YouTube, Cody and Corbin have a podcast. We're doing video versions of the stuff. There's a lot of stuff coming out. Don't want to miss it. And uh, we'd love for you guys to be a part of it as well. True. Yeah, and follow us everywhere. Pretty much, I mean, you can just find like whatever sort of media I think is your favorite, and we're probably there. Like we're on TikTok, we're on Instagram. Uh, maybe you guys have seen a couple of our Instagram reels, which Corbin has been killing it with. Uh, you can watch us like face to face on YouTube, Spotify, pretty much whatever you want. I think. Uh, yeah, good point there, Corbin. Yeah. So, t- so tell us, Cody, what's happening oh, yeah. today? So to drop into this episode, and um, yeah, if you, like I said, if you listen to some past ones, we may have brought it up briefly but basically we just went through picked uh who we thought had the worst agents uh three actors and three actresses who are currently working today and we're kind of just going to go through their filmography say you know what we like about them as an actor um maybe some of their hits some of their big misses that their agent uh you know probably maybe forced them into and then as well at the end we are going to pitch what we think if we were their agent what their next project should be in Hollywood. So kind of uh, a little bit of both, you know, looking at the past films, then, you know, having some fun too and, and seeing what they would do next. Before before we get into things, I kind of wanted to like talk through a couple thoughts and, and address some things. So the first one, obviously, like there's so much that goes into choosing an actor's role. It's not just their agent. It's the money that's involved in, in, you know, what the things that are even offered to them. You know, we're going to talk about a couple women on this list, obviously, the way that age affects the roles that people get in Hollywood is, is really unfortunate. Um, and, and for the most part, this is all in good fun and it is jokes. And we pick these people because I would say we like them, right? So we, we want the best for them for the most part. And we want to see them do you know better things than maybe we've seen out of them, particularly in recent years. So that's, just, that's kind of just the thinking behind this, I would say. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, it is, it is like kind of on the surface, maybe a negative thing. But like I said, I feel like it is positive because we're saying like, oh, we like these people. We want them to be in better things. So, yeah, even though it has that negative connotation, I feel like it can, it is sort of, a, you know, positive at the end. And I, I, the other thing I want to say is like there is, going back to like the money thing, this idea of like what movies are today and 
making movies that make money versus movies that maybe will win you an Oscar versus things that you are passionate about and, and are actually good. There, there's going to be some balancing. And I'm sure as we get into our pitches, we might have to kind of be like, hey, well, you know, the, we want to see them do a blockbuster type. We'll get into it. But um, we're not necessarily saying just because someone is only in Marvel movies or only in like, that's a bad thing necessarily, or uh, to the same coin that if you're chasing an Oscar, it's necessarily a bad thing. We th- There's definitely a balance that needs to be found. And we can discuss that further as, as we kind of get into it. I mean, yeah, that's very true. I mean, Hollywood in its core is, is very complicated. Money's you know always going to be a factor so yeah there's a lot going on i mean behind the scenes that we have no idea in every single one of these deals but uh yeah money will always be a factor when will it not yeah true and (laughs) i hollywood i i tried to frame these mostly around movies um rather than tv but it is we might hit as we go through some of these people have worked in tv on and off occasionally and maybe been more successful in that realm again that's a whole nother conversation of like the the kinds of tv the kinds of television shows that get made versus you know a lot of tv today like miniseries would probably be a a movie 15 years ago so something to be aware of also when it comes to pitching but in general i would say we're trying to like come up with what what do we what movie roles do we want to see these people perform in you know going forward i mean everybody kind of has a little bit of tv sprinkled in We'll, we'll talk about like specific people but there was one specific person i did pitch like a tv show for so. I, I did as well i'll, I'll admit so <laughs> why don't we go ahead and get into our first person cody who do, who do you want to take it away with i don't know where do you want to start actually maybe Let's we do... maybe we start with the person that's kind of the the reason we wanted to do this episode cody okay i like that a lot and uh, of course you're talking about the great miss amy adams <laughs> which um i actually went back and, and did some cap research as um you know, going back to that top five actresses uh, pod, you didn't check that one out. Maybe do that just for the history of this one. But in that one specifically, we talked about, you know, her being the perfect example for an episode like this. Specifically in the last like three years, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everything in the past year that she's been put into. Well, here, been I got, like, I've got something for every person I did the uh-huh. movies they've made since 2019. So here's what she's done. In 2020, she did Hillbilly Elegy, 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. 2021, Zack Snyder's Justice League. That's kind of a different scenario. She didn't really do much for that, but 71%. 2021, The Woman in the Window, 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. And then, of course, also (laughs) in 2021, Dear Evan Hansen with a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. So uh, some questionable three of those four are definitely questionable. Oh, that's bad, man. And yeah, kind of like bouncing into the next category as well what i really like about amy adams is she's a great actress and i feel like she's proven that in the past five years as well and then just go from like you know some oscar nominated stuff to the past three years like her agent i feel like is doing in her favors because she she was my pick for like the best working actress today so i think it's it's kind of ironic that you know i think like if I see somebody in that light, oh, then their career is straight and go downhill, of course. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, mean, I really did evidently. But I mean, like she has been in good stuff. Obviously, I think out of all the people we'll talk about today, maybe she does have like um, the best, you know, filmography as a whole. She does have a lot. Six-time of- Oscar nominated. Yeah. So her agent, you know, maybe she switched up agents during the end of her career. Because, you know, in between, there was a lot of good stuff. Obviously, The Fighter, which she's nominated for, which is great. The Muppets, 
it's personal favorite of mine. Uh, Catch me if you can. She's in a small role, but um, and obviously like a rival in her or the big stuff she's done recently. But I feel like kind of a weird thing is she doesn't work with like a ton of big name directors other than Spielberg briefly in the nineties. But I feel like most for other projects, they're not really mainstream. It's either like indie Oscar stuff or, you know, like dear Evan Hansen kind of <laughs> trying to be in the Oscar, which would be really bad instead. So, well, and and it, Hillbilly Elegy was very much an Oscar bait, like trying to get, cause here's the thing. She's six time nominated. She's also over oh, six and getting a win and she's she's still looking for it right i think hillbilly elegy was a little bit of let's try and it was an unfortunate <laughs> very much a failure um and then maybe a woman in the window dear evan hansen kind of you know pick me up projects let's make a little bit of money uh it, it's <laughs> hard to she say. still didn't make any money from those well so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i mean her career as a whole too like even then, well, I mean, she's been around Hollywood a long time. She's been in kind of a bunch of weird stuff. I was going through IMDb, um, and I feel like I always forget she's even in Justice League and Man of Steel. Um, I mean, you throw her in stuff like Night at the Museum 2. Uh, they just did, like, a, um, Disenchanted, the sequel to Enchanted after, like, 20 years. I feel like, and then, I mean, The Muppets is kind of random, too, and I was like, that's bad. Holiday Nights? Yeah, I mean... She's pretty much in any sort of movie or any sort of role, comedy, musical, drama. So I think that that's interesting. But at that point, it's kind of just like, oh, you're taking every single role like that's being offered to you. That's kind of what it seems like. So I did. You mentioned the Disenchanted movie that is coming out, I believe, later this year. I do have a couple other things potentially on the docket that are upcoming for her. Um, Of course, Night Bitch, Cody, are you familiar with this one? (laughs) I'm night bitch. Uh, just a uh, quick. Great, here's the IMDb. Uh, a stay-at-home mom begins to worry that she may be turning into a dog. So, there you go. <laughs> also starring Scoot McNary, uh, directed by uh, Marielle Heller. You know, inter- maybe it could be good. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, interesting, interesting cast. But um, I think that is why Amy Abs is the perfect example to start this episode off with. Because I feel like her agent has really spiraled out of control here the last few years. So um, I think that we can find something better, you know, than maybe Night Bitch. Now, that sounds pretty good, to be fair. But I, I'd love What about Man of Steel 2, Cody? <laughs> Recently announced oh. that they're developing another Superman project. Does she come back for that? that that's a question. Yeah. I mean, from what I saw, it, it said, yeah, Henry Cavill returning. I feel like you have to have, you have Lois Lane. Lane. Yeah. Yeah. You can't not have her in it. So maybe she's stuck for another dcu movie too which kind of sucks but you know <laughs> can't be worse than man of steel i i'm curious to hear cody what's what's your pitch how do we save amy adams career not that she really needs saving but she's she's been mighty successful w- without us that is true yeah if i'm raging you know i'm going to the big dogs first uh i want to you know pair with a big director uh, I was thinking specifically Spielberg again, just because they have worked together in the past, so that wouldn't be that hard. So kind of just whatever's big next, you know, sci-fi project is. I didn't have anything, you know, specific to pitch. Obviously, she's great in Arrival. Maybe some sort of like ET re- reboot. Put her in the forefront. I think that'd be really cool. I feel like ET kind of has a universe too, where you can do so many different things if you do like more research on all the aliens and stuff. Some weird stuff. But uh, yeah, I think she kind of just is an elite sci-fi actor. And uh, if you're going to pair with Spielberg, I'm not going to say no. 
So that's my pitch. Some of my other pitches, I do go more depth, but uh, I feel like Amy Dams, she can literally do anything. So if I throw something out there that's dumb, it's kind of just ruining that role. Yeah. Um, you mentioned sci-fi. I mean, again, like work with Denis again. Obviously, her and Arrival is so great. Probably both of our favorite performances of hers. Maybe get her in a Star Wars something coming down the line. Who knows? Maybe. Um, but my my big pitch here, and this is maybe jumping the gr- gun on our recommendation portion of the pod. But Cody, I've been on the succession grind. Uh, haven't really? I finished season two? So I basically in the last couple of days okay. binged most of season two. Um, we'll discuss further later. I don't know what happens in season three. I, I've watched one and a half episodes, but succession season four let's do it let's book it let's get amy adams in there because one first of all she's worked with adam mckay already both talladega knights and vice um they have a relationship and i just think she could be a really interesting foil to the company i i think bring her in as a villain in season four and uh it's amy adams what you can't <laughs> come on i like that a lot and uh, i think she'd be perfect for succession just because uh, she can she can do the drama and the comedy, sort of flip that switch pretty easily too. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm already excited for Succession season four. If you threw Amy Adams in, that'd be some some big time stuff. So that was my only TV. That was my only TV pitch. I sorry, but that's a great one. It's good TV, and and we already have yeah. the relationship. So I think <laughs> I think it's something that could happen too. I tried to keep my pitches like you know somewhat in the realm of realism, and I could definitely see that. Um, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. No, I mean, her working with McKay in the past, kind of like what I said with Spielberg too, like that open door, I feel like it's just, it's that it's more there if you have worked in the past. So uh, yeah, I back <laughs> pair her up with, she could be maybe like Rowan's new girlfriend or something. Yeah. And I, I, and I think like her and like Shiv particularly butting heads could definitely be something interesting. I back it. I mean, her and Brian Cox going head to head. Anybody against Brian Cox would, would be fun, but True. especially eight hours. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to our next person, and uh, I'll take it. Let's let's hit a guy who has been in a lot of movies, particularly in this year, uh, four releases so far. Idris Elba, Cody. He he's a man of many talents as well. I think he he has been grinding lately. Let me let me give it to you. So going back to 2019, of course, Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, 68 uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Then you also have Cats, which has a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Concrete Cowboy, 80%. See, there's some good ones in here. The Suicide Squad, 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Harder They Fall, 88%. So, so there's a little bit 2021 good spell. And then we hit this year, Sonic 2 with a 69%. 3,000 Years of Longing with a 71%. Kind of in Thor, Love, and Thunder, technically 64%. He's in the post credit scene, right? Uh, and then Beast. Yeah. Uh, 68%. So I think the big problem here with Idris Elba is he doesn't know how to say no to a project. Yeah. And like, he's not taking the worst projects. It seems to just be like a lot of mid projects. Yeah. Like, they're like, of- okay. They make a little bit of, they make, you know, there's some, obviously suicide squad was actually kind of a box office failure, but that's more of a timing thing than anything. But like, you know, Hobbs and Shaw that made a bunch of money. Thor love and thunder. Obviously he wasn't super involved, but like Sonic two that did well, 3000 years longing kind of a, flop a little bit but like he, he's having a good time he's doing okay right i think that is the issue with him right now i think he is good uh, like a very very good actor i'm sorry but i think he's just kind of picking any sort of role that'll be given to him maybe a little bit similar to amy adams but like this guy is a very good actor i think and he's kind of just picking roles where 
he's given nothing to do. But I do want to go back a little bit further in his career too. He has had, had some, I think, real slip-ups. And, uh, well, you mentioned Cats. I mean, I feel like that's one of the biggest ones. Um, Beast. I'm not sure what he's doing with that. Obviously, talk about that too. I will Star Trek I'll Beyond. Say with Beat, I, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring it up oh, that he was in Star Trek Beyond. I wanted to talk about that, but first, Beast. It's different, you know. It's like a mix between Jaws and 1917, kind of. It's like shot in a lot of one shot, and it's like this big <laughs> monster movie, uh, but with a lion instead. You know, a lot of family values that are important there. Um, it was okay. That's, that's the thing. It's just, it's the mid fest. I, I would say is what Idris Elba has been giving us a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and that, uh, I don't know. Does, did the line look good? I feel like in the trailers, the line looked terrible. It was just uh, a big CGI thing, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it was just a big lion, right? Like it looked fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair. Um, but yeah, Dark Trek Beyond, I think is a really bad miss just because that specific role, I think is really, really bad. It's kind of like a last minute reveal that you know Idris was even the villain or he's even like a integral part of the movie just bad stuff if you haven't seen Star Trek Beyond honestly it's not the worst Star Trek movie but like that specific part of it I think is pretty terrible I mean Thor 1 Thor 2 eh, not great either Thor 4 is obviously shit but he's not really in it and then uh the Dark Tower I think that's his biggest miss by far I don't know if you remember this um, well, Stephen King was, like, oh yeah it was supposed to be the start of a big time franchise him and Eddie Redmayne going head to head <laughs> and uh, it was just a historic bomb which I think is funny but you know the movie itself I did actually end up seeing it it is very bad but I feel like most of these movies the problem isn't Idris the problem is you know either bad writing or somebody else Eddie Redmayne which is a great movie uh, not great but he has done like random good stuff too. The Suicide Squad's great, and I mean he's not a massive part of that. I think Pacific Rim, the first one, is really good. He delivers uh, a really uh, memorable speech near the end of the movie that I really love. But I feel like it's so long ago, people like even forget he was in that. The TV show Luther, have you seen that, Corbin? Uh, uh, I, I haven't have seen it, but they're it. they're even going into upcoming projects. They're doing like a a TV movie. Uh, based around it that he's working on so yeah and uh i think i saw i've not seen it so i can't say too much on it but like supposedly it's you know his best performance and stuff so (laughs) shout out luther he should do more tv he should do more like dramatic stuff i think and i think he is kind of just taking every role at this point which is obviously helping him money-wise i think yeah i don't know do you think he should more like lean into the action stuff or well, here's uh, the what thing. do you think his career trajectory should be? Like, this is the t- this is the person that I was kind of referencing in the beginning, where it's like, I don't, we're almost it's a little hypocritical to be like, because like Hobbs and Shaw, like I think that's a bad choice, but like he made a lot of money, and like Fast and Furious, like I do like Fast and Furious movies. I think that one specifically is not good, but like, like there's the hints of this could be good and and he is consistently good in and stuff he's he's great in action the suicide squad like you, you talked about i mean in hobbs and charlie's basically black superman which which may might lead into some things um i'm curious we're back to back <laughs> two former office uh supporting characters cody uh what do you think about his role his as charles minor in the office <laughs> that is true i i always forget he was even in the office 
season and it's like for such a sport a short spell excuse me seven episodes but uh that is true. A lot more than Amy Adams. Uh, I probably like Amy Adams more than that. So, sadly, but Charles Miner, you know, he's a he's not a very nice guy in the show. But Idris Elba is still good in the office. So it's kind of weird he's in it though. Cause I feel like he hasn't done too much comedic other other than that. Obviously, we haven't mentioned The Wire. Like we haven't seen that, but that's like his big like, especially for American audiences. Like, and then I got also give shout outs to Molly's Game, um, which is also he plays a lawyer in that, and he's 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 great. Like you said, he gives a good speech in Pacific Rim. He's a guy who can deliver a hell of a monologue. He's got a fantastic voice. He's done some voice work. I would say lean into that, of course. Like, I think he's always great if he's voicing someone. Um, I know he did some Zootopia stuff. Zootopia. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got more of that coming. <laughs> I think the Zootopia ride or, or whatever. A um, couple other things in upcoming for him. He has an untitled Idris Elba, Simon Kinberg, Audrey Chon, Africa set spy romance project. So that's interesting. Um, we like Idris Elba as a spy. And then, of course, Sonic 3, Cody. So those are some True. confirmed projects. He's got to come back as Knuckles. Got to revise that role. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, for upcoming stuff, I'm kind of surprised there's not more. Like, I'm surprised MCU or, or even, like, Star Wars or somebody hasn't swept him up, honestly, yet. But uh, I feel like also the big thing that he's always rumored for, or at least what I've seen, is James Bond. People have been talking, oh, he'd be great as Bond. It's like, I think Luther's like a similar sort of detective, maybe spyish thing. I don't know. But uh, I've heard a lot, oh, who'd be a really good James Bond? Idris Elba? I think that would be good. But for me specifically, what I am going to pitch for him to do next, to do next, I really can't talk today. I want him to go straight drama. I, I think I want him maybe to take the Denzel route where, you know, just take movies like Fences, like just take straight up dialogue, you know, dramatic pieces. Cause he has done all the fast and furious stuff. I think, I, I don't think they want him back as black Superman. Like I, I'd, I'd like to see him, but they probably won't bring him back. But then he's done like obviously comic book stuff. Does he die? Um, I haven't seen that movie for a while. <laughs> I don't think so. He like but gets he his powers taken or whatever. I don't know. I think maybe he does die. He gets like something cut off. I don't think it was his head, but maybe his arm gets cut off or something. He's like he's basically just a robot. Cody, so. do you know what his name is? Are you ready for this? It's something stupid. I, I don't remember that. Brixton Lore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went against that. Shout out Brixton. But uh, yeah, I think if he goes the Denzel route, it just takes the most serious roles possible. That would honestly be best for his career. My pitch for a specific movie, I think it's a fun one. Sort of like a heist, uh, like the town-esque movie. Uh, sort of super serious. Obviously not set in Boston. We have a different city for, for Idris. Uh, he's British, right, as well? Uh, he's, like that. He's, he's from the UK. I, I don't... Or he's from the okay. Isles. I wouldn't say British, but... <laughs> okay, well, wherever he's on. from, we'll just... We'll make a, a a la the town-esque sort of... He was born in London. Oh, perfect. Well, well London's a great place to have. So that works. So, uh, yeah, kind of like I said, just, you know, a la the town-esque sort of heist movie. Maybe just, like, stealing a diamond in London. British or remake of the town? But honestly, that, that sounds perfect. I don't know who's playing the Jeremy Renner role, somebody psycho, but, uh, yeah, I think that'd be perfect for him. Sasha Baron Cohen. And my <laughs> well, pitch, I'm, I'm going to go the James Bond route because... You know, there's been a lot of talk. Let's just make it happen. If we're going to make it happen, if we're not, then just let's announce somebody. I think we're a year out from the last movie. 
let's be real. It's gonna like they're gonna do it. So let's just go ahead and like announce somebody. My pick. Let's let's go Idris Elba here. And I do have a director pick, and it maybe it, it would probably never happen because it's almost too on the nose. But my pick is Matthew Vaughn, who has obviously directed the Kingsman movies. He did Kick Ass, some X Men movie, right? So yeah, I want the James Bond starring Idris Elba, directed by Matthew Vaughn. What do you think of that, Cody? Is that like too funny for James Bond? Um, I think it could be. I mean, uh, Kingsman is James Bond, basically just you know a little bit of parody in between the lines. But yeah, I think that's about as obvious as a pick as you could make. And yeah, he did. <laughs> he did make X Men First Class, which is probably one of the best X Men movies, no doubt. So I- I'd be here for it. But uh, it- it's pretty you know pretty obvious pick yeah and he's also english so you know they wouldn't they wouldn't let some dumb american do do james bond uh he was also he was in the heart of the fault like honestly like anything that's like set in a different country or that's like a period piece like a just a non like him and you you mentioned either like london or america like anything that's not traditional modern day i think he he can have a lot of fun with so you know western stuff he's not he obviously is is kind of begun to like make some movies about Africa. He did beast. He's got this Africa set spy romance project. Um, a lot of lanes that it just could go. I kind of do like that. Instead of James Bond, just, just let him do like the African uh, sort of spy movie. Maybe that's kind of why he's doing that. I say, cause he's been ruined for, for Bond for, for so long. Yeah. I kind of like that. Nice. I, I say we shoot over back to the women. Talk a little bit about Kristen Wiig. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, I'll preface this one just because, you know, I think Kristen Wiig, she is a funny actress for sure. I think she has okay chops. Um, Obviously, my personal favorite from her is Bridesmaids, the classic, you know, rom-com sort of raunchy comedy that it is. Uh, I think that's obviously her peak. I think what she's gone into a little bit more, she's trying to get into like these dramatic roles, which I don't know if that is the best move for. We'll definitely have to hear what you think on it. But I mean, obviously, she's been in like The Martian. Um, you know, I, I mean, is Wonder Woman like a more serious role? Not really. But I feel like she has gone into more of a dramatic scene. Although her big miss, her big, big miss being Ghostbusters, it's not really dramatic. That was still in comedy. So, I mean, she does have some, some peaks and some, some traps, obviously. Peak Bridesmaids, probably everything else has been down. Wonder Woman 84, which I did mention, I think she is specifically really, really poorly cast and just really bad in the movie. So kind of a, a lose-lose there. But uh, other than that, I mean, she's done Despicable Me movies, which have been okay. So, I mean, and that's a moneymaker too. So shout out the agent on that one. But I just say in general, like, she is usually just miscast and, and misused because I, I do think she's like, she is genuinely a pretty funny actress. I agree. Like she's, she is very funny. And the big problem with Wonder Woman 1984 is that the, the character itself doesn't really fit into the story that they're trying to tell. Um, and she is just like terribly miscast. It's, I do think she is good in the Martian in a more dramatic role, but I would say pretty much everything else has been a miss. Um, going back the last couple of years, 2019, she had how to train your dragon three, the hidden world, which was well-received 90%. Um, something called Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which got a 50% also in 2019. And then, of course, Wonder Woman 1984 in 2020 with a 58%. She wrote um, and starred in a movie called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar, um, which actually got a 79% on 
critic score on Rotten Tomatoes, but 59 audience wise. So still not super well received, but more of a return to like, she's writing something funny at least, which is good. Um, and then also in 2021, a boy called Christmas, which got an 83%, but like, what, like, what is this movie? Like, what are these movies? Like a boy called Christmas Barb, like not even stuff that I've really even heard about or even thought about. For me, some roles that I really enjoy, you kind of shook your head at The Martian, but I do think she's good in that. Obviously, Bridesmaids. And she's also pretty solid in uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty as well. Um, so she does have some bright spots in there. Upcoming-wise for Kristen Wiig, you know, there's, there's really not a lot um, coming down the dish at this current moment. Despicable Me 4. <laughs> announced. She'll probably end up in the Minions movies eventually. I mean, they'll, they'll come back around to the timeline, she... I guess at some point she is one that has done more tv um obviously like yeah snl for a really long time and has you know returned and done different sketches but you know she was in a tv series called bless the hearts she's been in big mouth um for as <laughs> jesse's vagina um and then she's got a tv series called mrs american pie uh that's supposed to be coming up as well so interesting yeah her, i'd say her imdb it might be the sparsest out of everybody here she hasn't been like in a ton of movies i don't think but like in general i think ghostbusters did kind of like hit her back to like either she's you know writing her own stuff and doing that or kind of just like smaller dramatic stuff just because i think that was her like big chance to to prove she could be like a franchise piece i mean coming off of bridesmaids i think a lot of people wanted to work with her and then she just went back to call excuse me to paul feek again and made that dumpster fire which you know, failed for several reasons, but I mean, it was still like a poorly made, poorly written movie, I think. Uh, well, even though the... in, in society, of course, is going to hate on it because it's all, you know, Ghostbusters, but that's not why I, I'm saying it's a bad movie at all. Well, first of all, like, if we're going to have her be like in a big franchise like this, like, let's at least get her a writing credit, right? Like, she's a genuinely funny person. Like, get her in on the making of these movies. Like, she wrote bridesmaid she was nominated for best original screenplay and while it's not like some intricate beautiful script it's it's another one that i talked about when i took my screenwriting class like it, it's just it's very clean it's very tight the jokes are funny the jokes still hold up and she's like good at what she does in that sense i, I think it's interesting kind of pointing out that ghostbusters as kind of a turning point for her because i definitely think it is and it's interesting to see another person who was in that movie kate mckinnon and, and kind of a similar type role you know an snl person but she was in a movie called bombshell kind of a fox news you know recreation uh based on a true story type movie and it's that kind of stuff that i think Kristen wig could kind of maybe be good at and that's kind of my pitch like let's get her into like a legal or political or like a newsroom type thriller movie something based on a true story because I think she has those capabilities, stuff like in The Martian, and then, you know, give her the chance to, to have some good jokes in there as well. Um, because that gives us the revitalization of Kristen Wiig in like the critical sense, which I think we're definitely been missing. And I think that's not a terrible idea for her. I kind of do disagree. I'm not going to lie to you. But I think in The Martian, she's okay. Also, uh, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Uh, I don't know if this is, I think this is like a controversial opinion, but I think that movie kind of, you know, is not great. I think it's pretty overrated. <laughs> I don't think the movie's and, that amazing, but I think she's she, good in it. Yeah, she has, she has a small role anyways. But um, I don't know if she is that great dramatic. My pitch is more, 
you know, stick to the rom-coms, stick to what you know, get back in the writer's room. Also, I want to ditch Melissa McCarthy uh, and Paul Feig. I think, you know, once you partner with somebody too many times, obviously there's like exceptions, you know, Scorsese picks the same actors for every movie. But I think in rom-coms cases, it kind of just gets old if you keep working with the same people. So my pitch is um, I want to do, you know, she's going to write it. I want her to star alongside Kingo. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> I can't remember his name. From uh, Eternals. Who's Kingo from Eternals? Whoever. You got well, Jack. I got to figure out who Kingo is. Okay. <laughs> Kumal Nanjiani. Big short. There <laughs> yeah. it is. I my Come problem on, was man. I didn't know which character was named Kingo. I I could easily tell you <laughs> this guy's name, but yeah, fair. The, it, those are just interchangeable in my head. But anyways, yeah, Kamal and uh, obviously you know Kristen Wiig, and then to direct, I actually want Olivia Wilde to oh, get feet. You know, redemption <laughs> back, Yeah, in the rom coms, away from you know whatever the hell you know that movie was. But yeah, I think that would be a fun pairing. Get Olivia Wilde back into you know more positive, and she doesn't have to write it either. Let let Kristen Wiig write it, and uh, so that's my pitch. I think that would be you know a better career choice maybe than than going into the crazy dramas. But and then the other thing is if we're not, if she like you know doesn't have an interest in like you know chasing an Oscar or like going for like the the critical thing, let's let's set her up, give her a twenty picture Netflix deal, a la Adam Sandler. And have her do the same thing, but just like with Maya Rudolph and like Rose Burt and just like bring all the bridesmaids people back. You know, you said you want that Melissa McCarthy separation, which I, I can understand. But like just, you know, get the people that are like her close friends and the people that are around her and like let's make movies like that are fun. Yeah, I would really like to see that too. I'm not gonna lie. And for that, you know, you could have Melissa McCarthy on for a couple of pictures. I wouldn't be too bad. But yeah, give her the Adam Sandler treatment and just let her have fun. I think that'd be perfect. I, I think it's really surprising that like after the success of Bridesmaids, that she didn't receive more opportunity to write and even like direct stuff. Um, I think that's also something interesting, you know, give her, give her a chance to direct some things. Yeah. I mean, she really hasn't been like a big, you know, critical or audience hit like since Bridesmaids. I feel like that was, you know, a decent amount of time ago now. I don't know what, when that movie was released, like 2012, 2015. I can't tell you. Yeah. But it's been a while. I, I think she suffers more than anybody else on this list from the death of comedy that's happened, particularly at the box office. Um, it's hard to like make marketable comedy movies today. Um, even stuff that's good, like, you know, Bros just came out, didn't really make a lot of money. And she's got, you know, the fact that she's a woman going against her. And it, I, I don't know. I, I think she deserves better for sure. And uh, if, if yeah. not, you know, maybe she could also take on in, in her later years, more of like a Judd Apatow type role, produce some projects, work with people. She's an incredibly fitting person that I think you would be, you would benefit by just having her around. Yeah. No, that's definitely true too. I think, you know, like I said, a bunch of times, put her in the writer's room. I like she's very funny. I think on SNL, like that's where she sh- she signed as well, was sort of in that aspect. So yeah, she she definitely has a place in Hollywood. It's just it's sort of finding that that niche spot. I think right now. Since we're on comedies, let's move on to, I guess, a comedic actor in in its in his own right, uh, Mr. Chris Hemsworth. This is an interesting pick, Cody. Um, also in Ghostbusters. Also, hey, also another Ghostbusters. The connections, <laughs> everybody's paired. We love that. Chris Hemsworth, Cody. What's 
this is a this is probably the toughest one to really say that he needs to fire his agent because obviously he's been extremely successful um, yeah. from a monetary perspective. Um, looking though, like at the last couple of years, Men in Black International, that's obviously I think the big miss on the list. 23% on Rotten Tomatoes back in 2019. He also appeared in the Jay, Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie, uh, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes. Extraction 1, there is an Extraction 2 coming. Um, that had a 67%. He was in Spiderhead this year which I really disliked on Netflix, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Then, of course, Thor Love and Thunder, which only has a, a 64%. Cody, w- what's going on with Chris Hemsworth? Yeah, and uh, to preface this one, I think, you know, his agent had a really good start because when he was inserted uh, into the role of Thor, I mean, it was like, oh, this is the best casting of all time. Like, it was perfect casting. You found your guy, sort of like this unknown, but he looks like a god. And then as the Thor movies kind of progressed and we had this pipe dream of uh, Thor Ragnarok, um, he kind of found his comedy shtick, which is so, I feel like it's so funny and so weird that like Chris Hemsworth, he's probably just considered like a comedic actor. Like that's what he's best at acting wise. Yeah. He's had a lot, a lot of misses. Another one he didn't mention, Black Hat, just terrible, terrible film. And he's always like putting these lead roles where he's like, this sort of sneaky guy, maybe a hacker. Uh, Men in Black International is a little bit different, and it's sort of like a role maybe he could do well in, but that was just such a bomb and a failure that it didn't matter. Um, I mean, even starting, he tried to start sort of another mini franchise kind of in the Disney well realm with Snow White and the Huntsman, which again is just atrocious stuff. And I believe that got a sequel too, somehow. So it seems like he's always in these big IP projects, but they always seem to just do very, very poorly. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. And I think going back to the, the, he's the person on the list who probably realistically needs the least amount of help. Like he's the most yeah. attractive man in the entire world. The most pretty much. fixable person here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We can he's, fix his career pretty easily. A, a decent dramatic actor. He's okay. But he's like genuinely good at comedy. He's got the looks. He's a straight white dude. Like he's he's got so much going for him that really we probably don't need to help him. But I think it's just like again, just an overload of like kind of taking too on too much stuff. I think he needs to maybe stay away from Netflix a little bit. The extraction spiderhead stuff have been big misses. Um, and I think he's just kind of been trying to find his voice away from Taika a little bit because realistically you know, he was, he felt he was like drowning in, in the Thor role. And he had a relationship with Taika. He brought him in. He he kind of had that power at the time, which is another, you know, speaking to the power that Chris Hemsworth has in Hollywood. Um, he brings Taika with TDN and he basically saves the Thor franchise and, and saves that character for him. Thor Love and Thunder, not as successful and really everything outside of that Ragnarok. Like he hasn't, we haven't gotten that flash in the pan in the same way. So I think finding that voice away from Taika a little bit and, and being successful um, is really going to be a big key for him. A couple upcoming projects, Cody. I'll just, what do you think his role in the MCU going forward is? Are we going to continue to see him? Or I mean, Thor will return, allegedly. Yeah. I mean, as a daughter, I guess now. <laughs> they kind of didn't set him up to do anything specific. I would guess his, his role is going to diminish, honestly. They seem to be going younger, uh, building an entirely new team. I mean, it, I mean, they could sacrifice him off at any point, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised. But I mean, play honest, just because he has been in the franchise for so long. IMDb has him tagged for Avengers Secret Wars, which 
makes sense um, for kind of what that story is, but no other projects right now. Uh, allegedly, he and Taika both didn't even know the Thor rule return thing was at the end of Thor 4. I don't know how much I believe that, but eh, <laughs> there's definitely some question marks. Um, other roles, he's going to be in the Mad Max prequel, Furiosa. Interested to see um, with that, Anya Taylor-Joy as well. Definitely potential to be pretty solid. Um, he's yeah. going to be playing Hulk Hogan in a Hulk Hogan biopic. And then, of course, uh, Extraction 2, the, the sequel to Extraction. Yeah. That Hulk Hogan biopic, I mean, that sounds like it could be decent. I feel like maybe if Adam McKay, who we already brought up in this episode, if he was directing that, maybe that'd be really good. But I feel like doesn't have it and, doesn't have a director right now. Yeah, allegedly. and I feel like that movie could go anyway. Like it could be a comedic sort of parody of Hulk Hogan, or maybe he's gonna be try trying to be like super serious, like Hulk Hogan drug movie. I, I don't know, but it sounds interesting to to go back as, as well to some of the roles. Like I think Chris Hemsworth is a good actor. A couple specific movies, I think he's good in Rush, which I think you don't like as much. And probably Daniel Brule is a little bit better in that movie than him, but he's still decent. And then Cabin in the Woods as well, which, again, those are both, like, early on in his, his career, too. But sort of Cabin in the Woods does have that more comedic tone to it, which I think, you know, Hemsworth is obviously much better in. Ragnarok as well. I mean, they got one out of four movies right. So I guess that's good. I don't know if that says he's a great actor. Um, and then I don't even know if you know this, but he is actually in a Star Trek 09 as well. Uh, did, did you know that? Or that? I, I did know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he plays uh, Captain Kirk's uh, father who, you know, just sacrificed himself at, at the beginning of the movie. Uh, spoiler alert. George Kirk. Good. So yeah, Georgie boy. Yeah. For his upcoming stuff, I feel like, you know, obviously he is still in the MCU. And that's going to be his main priority probably for now. Did uh, you know that was his I first mean, movie, Cody? Star Trek 09? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that, actually. Good bit of trivia. But, uh, you know, it really blossomed a, a great career after that, I guess. But, you know, I, I don't really know. I think it could go kind of multiple ways. So he could just be in the MCU for 20 years. Or like, oh, he could be like this new slapstick comedy guy. and Maybe he is like making movies with Chris and Wig and stuff in the future. Like, I could see that happening 100% too. Yeah, I think his tone of comedy and his ability to kind of integrate it into action type movies and in big blockbusters is realistically like what comedy in movies is today. So like he has that perfect mold of like what an actor in 2022 that like is funny can and do like because he's hot and funny like like realistically like that's what it is, right? Yeah. I think for me like my my pitch first of all you know, there's the uh, the lauded 22 Jump Street Men in Black crossover. Um, I don't necessarily think it was a Men in Black International crossover, but it's not too late, Cody. It, people think it's too late, that it's dead, but it's not. We can save it. We can make this happen. And if we're not going to make it happen, him and Channing Tatum together in a movie, arch nemesis maybe, Cody? What I mean, it's Cody, they're basically the same person, but, you know, what, what do you think about that? Put him and Channing up against each other. I love that, honestly. And um, I know Jonah Hill, uh, we probably said this before, but Jonah Hill literally said, like, that was one of the funniest scripts he's ever read was the Men in Black, you know, crossover 22 Jump Street. So I would definitely be down, I think, just for the memes. And it, it probably is just, like, a ridiculously funny script. Uh, yeah, I mean, pairing those two guys And we well, can get Tessa Thompson back, too. Like, that 
The thing is, oh, like, yeah. the Men in Black International should have worked. Like, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson at the front of that movie, like, that sh- on paper, like, makes sense, but I don't know. I mean, they've, I think they have really good chemistry, too. I feel like that movie was kind of just set up for failure from the beginning, just trying to launch a new franchise, you know, in that world at that specific time. It's kind of like nobody cares if you're not going to do it with Will Smith at that point. But, yeah, I mean, you could get Tessa Thompson back easily, and I feel like, yeah, her and Chris Hemsworth are really good together. If you throw in Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill, I think that, that would be a banging cast, but yeah, no one will ever listen to us, probably. And the other thing, this isn't really a pitch. It's kind of a question, but like, I thought we were going to get like more Thor and Guardian stuff, but we're like, we're not. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that was, you know, set up obviously as Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of, you know, the Avengers movies. But it seems like it's over already. You know, they had their 15 minutes of fame in, in Thor 4 and they're just gone. So I don't know. My my real thinking here is that like kind of James Gunn's humor and honestly, like specifically the way he's done with John Cena and Peacemaker, I think like Chris Hemsworth could also fit very well into that. Like Peacemaker season two, maybe bring in Chris Hemsworth as the villain or or, or something like that. I mean, I, I could also see that. I think James Gunn has the, the potential to write well for Hemsworth. I love that, actually. I think that's a great pick. Um, I feel like putting him in a wacky comedy like that, I think he would fit the tone perfectly. Um, and, I mean, the season one villain kind of sucked anyways, uh, probably just writing-wise. But, yeah, I think that would be perfect. I, I did also want to pitch a TV show, in a sense, and uh, I do want to continue his, his character from Star Trek 09. Uh, <laughs> There's not enough Star Trek TV shows. <laughs> I agree. I agree. But this one, uh, it will be a little bit really, a little bit more, excuse me, leaning into that comedic stuff since that is, you know, what he likes to do a little bit. Maybe have Taika direct a couple episodes. I don't know. He, he did some Star Wars, you know, Amanda ones, which are decent. Can but, we make it yeah, a mockumentary, be- Cody? Can we make it a Star Trek mockumentary? <laughs> That actually be sick. It's like the office version of of Star Trek with Chris Hemsworth at the helm. I think that's perfect. That that's the best pitch I've ever heard on the show. Wow. Well, it doesn't get any better than that. So <laughs> maybe we should move on to the next one. Um, these next two are are kind of a little bit different than than the other ones, and I think particularly like the there's lack of success maybe dates back a little bit further and, and are definitely two people that aren't super in the popular. Let's talk about the first one. Halle Berry. Cody hasn't made a ton of movies recently, but this is the only person on our list who has won an Oscar uh, all the way back in 2002. She was nominated uh, for monsters ball won best actress. And, you know, here we are 20 years later and it's like, maybe this person should have had a bit better of a career you know um in the last couple years 2019 she was in john wick chapter three which is a good movie and i think she's actually pretty good in um and then she she had her directorial debut with a movie called bruised in 2020 49 percent on rotten tomatoes and then of course this year moonfall um which is a movie that came and went i did not see um and i'm not upset about i don't think anybody 36 anybody saw it yeah yeah the moon fell Roland, or something? I, I don't know. Roland loves his disasters. But yeah, I think that is the big thing with Halle Berry. Kind of like you said, she is a good actress. I mean, you don't just win an Oscar, you know, off pure luck out here. Uh, Monsters Ball, that is probably the peak, sadly, of her career. One other thing, you obviously, you're just talking about her newer stuff. She's been in, you know, 
a lot, a lot of garbage, I would say. Oh, yeah. Specifically Catwoman. Uh, I think you could throw that one out there pretty much at any time, and that's pretty much a career render. But, I mean, there's tons of other stuff that I don't really like. Really. Cloud Atlas, uh, The Call. I don't know if you've seen that. It's really bad. Die Another Day, which is like the worst Bond movie. She's in that one, unluckily. So I think maybe this is a little bit the agent's fault because she did have a good start in the career. She even like got in the X-Men franchise. I mean, that's the thing. She was all over the, she was early to the DC Marvel. I mean, she almost, you know, maybe that kind of hurt her because she was in both worlds of that so early before they really kind of like found their footing. Yeah. And I mean, that is actually, I'd never thought about that. She's only one of the few people who's like in both DC and Marvel properties. So maybe DC was just mad, like, uh, she signed a bigger picture deal with Marvel or something, like forced her to be in this terrible Catwoman movie, which is funny. But I think in general, this is her agent's fault because it was such a good start to the career. And then it was just like every single project she did next just like kept knocking her down a peg and her reputation kept, kept getting hurt more. And now like she's kind of forced to, I feel like, be in these terrible Roland Emmerich movies. And like it's kind of a lot of smaller picture stuff or like, big budget you know bombs cloud Atlas is another one that i know like just pretty much just bombed at the box office i do like her a lot in days of future fast where you know she's in it for 10 minutes and then gets killed off so shout out storm fun character yeah um she's also pretty decent she shows up in kingsman golden circle as a little bit of a different character she's not bad there as well you know like the stuff that like has been good she's usually not at the center of which is unfortunate um it's a lot of supporting roles recently um, upcoming for her, she has a movie called The Mothership that's coming out, um, or is in, in pre-production, post-production. Um, it's a sci-fi movie directed by the guy who wrote Bridge of Spies. I don't know. Could be interesting. I'll probably check it out. You, you got me sold on sci-fi, Halle Berry. There you go. It's in post-production, so we're we're almost there. We'll get it. The trailer is probably coming pretty soon. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cody, I'm curious, you know, what, what's your pitch for, for Halle Berry? What, what do you think she needs to go next in her career outside of the mothership? Of course. Right. Of course, you know, can't take her off the mothership, but I do think she's a good actress. So, you know, and she is going more into uh, directing as well, which I like a lot. So my thought is kind of maybe put her in the biopic game, let her direct slash, you know, star in, um, a really interesting biopic. You know, she can go whichever direction she really wants to. Some of my suggestions, maybe like Rosa Parks, that'd be a cool one. Michelle Obama, I don't know. Whitney Houston, uh, I think that would be cool. Maybe like a singer too. Um, pretty much anybody. Obviously, there's so many people to choose from. But somebody famous, I don't really care. But I think she is suited for a more dramatic role. And I think she, if she's moving into directing too, that'd be a perfect time to, you know, put her on one of these projects where she can, you know, kind of just put everything she has into uh, one specific role. It needs to be the right one, and uh, I'm not sure who she should play. But if you have any suggestions, I definitely want to hear them. But I think let, let's go Let's go more dramatic here. Well, here's the question. Does DC bring her back as Catwoman, Cody? Does she get a second <laughs> chance? I hope not. They brought back Keaton. <laughs> they did. Um, well, I don't know. In what universe are we talking? Like the Flash universe? Or like, you know. <laughs> Robert Pattinson's <laughs> she could play she could play uh, Zoe oh she could play she could play mom, yeah. Zoe Kravitz's mom that could be interesting actually yeah. we don't know anything about her that would actually be okay I would watch that 
that and you know it would be a, a fun you know return to you know get get her second chance to get it back i thought of two like kind of franchisey stuff that hasn't been super successful that maybe needs a hard reboot let's put Halle Berry at the center Transformers Cody let's get Halle Berry as the the new lead of the the rebooted Transformers franchise not that they haven't tried that multiple times um and then the Matrix Cody are we have we given up on the world of the Matrix can we can we get a can we get Halle Berry at the center I think that I think that is actually a good choice, like new Neo role. But I'm kind of tired of the Matrix, and I'm tired, of, kind of tired of Transformers as well. I considered Transformers. Spoiler alert for uh, Sam Worthington. Mm. I think maybe he maybe we team up him and Halle Berry together. That'd be some good stuff. But yeah, I think Transformers actually they just cast Michelle Yeoh as oh. like one of the voices for the I didn't new see Transformers. That. That's I interesting. That. Yeah. So maybe uh, just giving her like a voice role in a Transformer, I think would be cool. Just because like humans in those movies kind of suck anyways. But yeah, I don't hate it. I, I do agree. Like if she stick with, you know, more of the big franchises, I think like her career in general would just be more successful too. And I think that's important as an agent to, to try and get that too. Yeah. And then the other thing in this, a John Wick spinoff regarding her character, she does play a pretty interesting character in John Wick 3. Um, it's been talked about that there's like a potential for it to happen. So well, let's let her direct that if we're going to have a direct something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Get Bobon back too. Get, get the whole cast. <laughs> well, I'm not sure about the connection there, but we can get the dogs back <laughs> at the very least. Well, that's good. Have to. All right. Well, you, you mentioned it already. Sam Worthington is our last person. And I think he's the most interesting on the list. I mean, both because he's extremely topical to the movie industry as of, 2022 and things that are coming up um as well as he's definitely had the worst career out of any of these people would you agree <laughs> i'd say it's not even close i mean his career is bad it's it's really just sad because it, it kind of had an iffy start and then it just fell off a cliff instantly but uh I, we could start off by talking about you know the positive which i feel like is one specific role and that's he was, in the, he was in the biggest movie of all time <laughs> yeah <laughs> And that was the only good thing he was ever in in his life. So, you know, it's the highest of highs. But, you know, I don't think he's particularly, like, great in this film either. Obviously, he's in, you know, he the plays five the role that he is cast in exactly the way it needs to be done. Like, he yeah. understands what he is there to do. It is to be, like, boring and down the middle and appeal to as many people as possible. And to just, like... And he is extremely successful. He's not, it, I think that movie works because he's not some like big famous person that they brought in. I, I was recently listening to another podcast where they talked about, you know, names that were bounced around other people that could have played that Jake Sully role. I think it is fitting that it's kind of like a little bit of a no-name guy who hadn't been in a top, ton of stuff. Obviously the same year he's in Terminator Salvation, which is a huge miss. The next year, Clash of Titans. Like he was getting opportunities. And I think that, he got those opportunities and none of them were even close to living up to the success of avatar. And, and that's how we end up with where he's at now, which beyond avatar coming out later this year, the way of water, of course, um, he was also in a movie called nine bullets this year, Cody, 0% on rotten tomatoes. Oh, wow. 19 <laughs> reviews, 0%. Um, that's really hard to do. Honestly, last year he was in a movie called the last sun, 9% on rotten tomatoes. Um, also in a movie called Lansky, 62%. 
Um, and then 2019, he was in a movie called Fractured, 59%. Upcoming stuff, uh, he has a, a million different Avatar sequels that he'll be in, um, which is very exciting for him. Not really, but he is going to be in the next four, I think. <laughs> Sick. Shout out to him. Um, and then also he has like five other movies that are in post-production, not counting the avatars right now, which I think that's maybe just a response oh, well. of, hey, this guy's coming back. He's going to be in the way of water. Let's get him into some movies. Let's try and bank on that. So he's got a lot in the tank. I'm not necessarily confident in any of it, um, but excited to see Jake Sully return to the to the silver screen uh, here in December. Four more times. Yeah, four more <laughs> We're times. I, I mean, the thing about the Avatar sequels is I don't understand, you know, like why they filmed so many of them back to back to back. But like for his career, it's great. So, I mean, his agent kind of did a good thing. Obviously, finding him the one role that will make his career. But yeah, like you said, Terminator Salvation, <laughs> it might be worse than like Terminator 3, which is just a god awful movie. But I think Terminator Salvation is actually the worst in the franchise, which is saying a lot. Um, so shout out there and then yeah Clash of Titans I think they also made a sequel Wrath of Titans could be wrong Wrath of the Titans whatever but I did see Clash of the Titans it, it's uh, it's not good I saw it on FX I think when I was like in 8th grade or something hated it so and then and there's another movie as well you didn't mention uh, called Man on Man on a Ledge have you ever heard of that movie before? Uh, I think so Um, but, but tell me more Cody tell me about Man on a Ledge yeah it <laughs> it's pretty simple uh, basically sam worthington is just a man on a ledge oh. and um for some reason for some reason i'm familiar with this movie i saw the trailer again when i was when i was really young for some reason and i know he's stuck in my head because one of the worst trailers i've ever seen in my life basically he's just like out there ed harris is like this rich guy he's trying to get revenge on and he's like fake being on a ledge like while his buddy jamie bell is like stealing uh, all this guy's money um but it's just like the worst dialogue and Sam Worthington's he's just like yelling at people like like out on this ledge. It, it's it's like a very self yelling at Elizabeth too. Banks. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks is like the agent trying to talk him off the ledge or whatever. It's good stuff. But uh I would say that is probably, you know, the biggest downfall of Spur. It's just he was in a lot of bombs too. I feel like everything you mentioned isn't really um, you know, he doesn't come out with anything big budget anymore. Just because when they put him in these movies, and like every single one of them failed, basically. He yeah. also was it was in Everest, um, and then a couple good positive notes I, I will throw out here. He was in Hacksaw yeah. Ridge, so shout out to yes. that. Um, he plays the, the military guy really well. If you look at his IMDb, he's Lieutenant this, Captain that. Like he's got a lot of those roles in, in different movies. And then also this year, um, he was in. I haven't seen it, but the Under the Banner of Heaven TV miniseries that Andrew Garfield starred in um, as a supporting actor that, that was pretty well received, and I think got some nominations. So you know there, you know there's some okay spots in there, but there's just like so much bad stuff. Um, he's also voiced yeah. uh, a character in in multiple Call of Duty games. So there you go. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's funny, and I was actually going to mention that too. I do think he's an okay actor. He kind of has like this hard ass persona thing, um, just to keep up appearances. I think since the Avatar role, but I think he is he is okay in that role. Like it, it's not like the most memorable thing, but it's like oh, like that makes sense. He would be you know military officer or something. So yeah, and Hacksaw Ridge, I, I did want to shout out as well, just because I think probably that is his best performance. 
Um, just because, I mean, like you said, he doesn't really do anything, you know, crazy in Avatar. So I'd probably give that one his best. But yeah, I think going forward, like, it really just depends on the role. But he's not like the worst actor ever. He just had like really bad luck, I think, with with a lot of his casting. Yeah. What's your pitch, Cody? What What do you want to see him do? Yeah. Um. Obviously, other than the five Avatar movies, so he should have some more time on his hand than in the past ten years. But I was thinking, honestly, like go to the comic book world, go to the MCU, go to the DCU. I don't want to really keep him in that military role. I kind of want him switch it to maybe a more likable character. I don't know if he can play like a super likable guy, but I want to see him try more. I mean, he does that a little bit. Maybe we'll see that more in Avatar 2, because of family and stuff now or whatever. But my specific thought of where I wanted to place him in, I thought maybe in Secret Invasion, uh, since it is a little bit more self-serious anyway, and you probably could have those military vibes a little bit. But instead, I want him to play like the scroll. He's like a scroll rebel who's like helping out Sam Jackson. So him and Sam Jackson are kind of buddy, uh, you know, buddy cops, whatever, going through it. But yeah, you know, a sh- in a show, I think would be smarter to put him in as well, just because he's had a bad track record with movies. So maybe moving him to Marvel TV, and then you know, I kind of like in this Marvel thing, you know, have him has have his own little sideshow. But if it goes well, you know, you can move him up into the movies. I think a more likable, you know, role should help his career a little bit at, at this point. Yeah, if I was going to stick him in a Marvel project, I think um, Thunderbolts would be like a good move potentially. Um, right now, that like lineup that they have is just pretty worrying and like not that exciting. I'm not really sure what character he would play, but I mean, you could just have him as like a bit player, like Wonder. If- uh, Thunderbolt Ross's lackeys, um, which is apparently Harrison Ford, by the way. Um, yeah. you, you could do that. You could just be, you know, the military guy that, that's kind of like helping out. Um, or, you know, make him a superhero. Give him, there's there's so many like, you know, Thunderbolt villain type people that you could play. You know, he's done, he's okay with doing like the CGI mocap thing. Like, you know, put him in there, you know, give him another one. Um, and, the, you know, you say stay away from the military thing. I, I think if you got got a lane, then you know maybe stick to it. Uh, <laughs> if it ain't broke, if it ain't broke, damn straight. Uh, I, I will say, you know, maybe to put a play on it. It's a little tough. He's older now, but you know, maybe being like the wide-eyed military guy who undercut, you know, like discovers the corruption. You know, you know, whatever. We're torturing people or some shit. You know, something like that. You know, <laughs> one of the various atrocities committed by the U.S. government. Um, put him, on, yeah. put him at the center of it, and uh, I, he he could be the bad guy, but maybe we make him the hero. Who knows? Um, or really, just he's kind of like he. The thing in Avatar that he does really well is he just like plays this guy who is just like so amazed by everything around him. So maybe playing in that that, that he does the wide eyed thing really well. So you know, wide eyed in the military is, is, I guess, my general pitch. Okay, I like that. Yeah, he, he's like uncovered something and he's super you know wide-eyed about he's an it. idiot he's gotta make decisions yeah so he's gotta get help from somebody who's smarter and better and and you know isn't necessary he, he doesn't need to be the true hero of the story he's a dummy we'll give him that i like i like it a lot i'm here for it all right cody well those are our, our, our six actors that we think need to fire their agents and hire us if you guys are listening give us a call yeah, we'll, up. we'll set you up we'll start planning some meetings <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but this was fun, and I think it's something we could potentially do a part two with with another group of moving forward. Oh yeah, and there's a couple other actors. Taylor Kitsch is another great one. I just thought of shout out Gambit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of not great agents in Hollywood, so we could definitely take it serious. Let's move on to we have a podgorithm. Expansion pack, expansion pack, blockbuster returns. All right, the movie is ah, here we go, Logan. (laughs) Oh, nice. Also topical. I don't. I'll I'll get us started. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast, Cody. Obviously, announced Hugh Jackman returning as Wolverine in Deadpool three. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. But my thoughts are, uh, if you watch the movie Logan. Um, Wolverine dies at the end and it's actually a pretty good movie I would say maybe one of the better superhero movies of all time um, and and a pretty satisfying conclusion to a character now listen I'm not opposed to to rebooting people and bringing them back I mean we just kind of did that in this whole episode but I think that was the one time where I was really okay with it being the end and and not seeing it again so that's my take Logan last movie is what it should have been what do you think Cody? (laughs) Well, I mean, technically in that timeline it was. Uh, I, I do agree with you. I, I think it's really not a great choice to bring him back just because it was a, like a, such a good conclusion. But, filming us, I don't really care that much just because I'd love to see him in a Deadpool movie. <laughs> and I think it's just going to be a wacky trip of, you know, Deadpool and Wolverine in the MCU. I'd like to see them interact with basically every character just in this movie, um, just for the heck of it. But, yeah... I don't know. I think Hugh Jackman coming back, he, it's probably, and like we were saying this whole episode, just for the money. I'm sure they're paying him a crap ton of money because, I mean, that character clearly has an ending to its story. He's been playing it for 15 years. But yeah, oh, that movie's great, though, by the way. And uh, shout out Patrick Stewart. Uh, I think one of the more underrated performances of the decade. Uh, I think he's unbelievably good in that. But yeah, Logan, if you have not seen that movie, and this is me being like a big X Men fan, too, like, go check it out. There's no question. Like, I think it's it's one of the best from the past few years, no doubt. Really good stuff. All right, and let's move on to our recommendations. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. So let's talk about it. Let's talk Succession Season 2. Um, so spoiler oh, yeah. alert, obviously, if you haven't seen it, I, I would recommend <laughs> it. I think the season kind of started slow. I had a little bit of struggle getting into it. Took me a while, but I, I once you get to like the middle back half, there's some really good stuff in there. And the the thing about Succession is like there's so many moments where like stuff happens on screen, and there's not even like dialogue or like there's they just show you a lot of stuff happening. And it's very much like you kind of have to deduce what's going on and and make you know like these assumptions about what it means for the characters. I think particularly like there's a scene like and maybe the fourth episode where like Kendall is shoplifting and it doesn't really say anything about it but it just shows him do it and then it's not until the next episode that they kind of just bring it up like oh hey Kendall's been shoplifting recently and there's there's a lot of really just well crafted storytelling moments um throughout the whole season now getting into the twist Cody I don't love it because it's literally the exact same twist as the twist at the end of season one which I think is my big problem What, what do you think about that and that's kind of what I said as well. I mean, the structure of the season is is pretty much like the exact same thing. And it's similar in season three, I'm not going to lie. But I think season two, uh, I don't know. It's probably my second favorite. I, I think season three is probably better. 
Uh, again, not, no spoilers. But I really love Kendall's arc in season two. Just because even the two things you mentioned, like him stealing batteries, he's clearly just like in a terrible situation that he can't get out of with his dad. And at the end, you know, he, he ends up finding a way, seems out of it. So I, I don't know. At, at the time, I, I I don't know. The twist in season two, I think, is better than, than season one. I guess it has that going for it. Since, I mean, it seems like every season is kind of just a build up to that. And whichever season does it like more successful, I guess, is better. But uh, is, this is the one with uh, who's the the family they're trying to Holly, buy out? Holly Hunter is what you're. Yeah, Holly Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the girl from Batman v Superman with the, the with Pierce family. Peach tea. Yeah. yeah, she's. I got of course. Story miss, in the past, this is I? incredible. Yeah, true, true. But no, she's great. I think uh, they, what they do great in the show too is like every like supporting guest star they have. It just lights out. Like the the actors they bring on, just as like extra characters, are are always like the best of the best. So, yeah. What else? I mean, how far along are you in season three? I don't want to say anything. Just like two episodes in, so we'll, um, we can report back probably well, next week. <laughs> Did you like season two or season one better? Um, I enjoyed from the start season one better, but I think as a whole piece, I would say season two is is better. I think. Um, I, the, I think the scandal stuff is really interesting and in, in that as obviously it was kind of present in the first season, but you know, with a big media empire, like, like there's a lot of like this, this movie is really, or sorry, the show is really well written. And it's also like, feels very like real in a, in a lot of ways, oh, yeah. and, like stuff that could happen and ha- has happened for sure. Um, so definitely cool to see. I think, you know, the, the end of the season just kind of there was a lot of like you know what's going to happen and it, it definitely drew me in and I, I wanted to continue watching at, at the end yeah and i think like specifically all of the congress stuff with like greg and uh <laughs> what's his face tom i think is probably the best part of the season i think that's some of the funniest stuff too and i like season two better than season one just because brian cox like brian cox is unbelievable i think like past season one so that'd be why i lean that way more but yeah there's a lot of iconic stuff in, in season two good good show one yeah, of the best out there right now for sure what you got any other recs for us cody what, what have you been into i have a lot of recs i've actually been watching quite a few new movies out here so i got a list here first one well, actually i think blade runner blade runner excuse me was the first one i watched out of those I like it a lot. I, I've seen parts of it, and I'm going to watch uh, Blade Runner 2049 upcoming here probably in the next couple of days. So excited for that. But, yeah, I mean, the complexity of the movie. <laughs> and I did I did watch, like, the, the final director's cut or whatever. So I'll have to look into more of just, like, the history and, you know, what is actually going on in some of it. So it is kind of confusing if, if they're saying Harrison Ford. You know, is he a replicant? Kind of seems like he is, but I don't know. But good movie, really, really like just one of them you think about probably like a couple of days after you watch too, which is always good. And the the setting I think is ridiculous how how Ridley Scott set that up, and everything looks like it, it it holds up. It still looks great today, like all the effects, all the the spaceship stuff. So it's a little slow, really great achievement for a modern a li- audience. Yeah, I think it's really good. If you haven't seen Blade Runner, check it out. Great villain. Uh, the next movie I watched. Have you ever heard of the movie Lock? 
Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Tom I Hardy. It's great. Tom Hardy driving in a car. Doesn't get much better than that. But uh I think the script on this is is dynamite. And um I'll tell you what, I I can't believe how like invested I was in the movie where he's literally just, just driving in the car. The car for an yeah. yeah, it's really good. Uh Tom Hardy, I don't think he's nominated for it. That's that's a travesty. Um, and then also, I looked at the cast, and evidently Tom Holland is, is one of his sons. Uh, he's got like he literally has like two lines, but it's like one of the first appearances of Tom Holland, which I thought was really funny in hindsight. But yeah, that's a good one. And then I also checked out. Yeah, I forgot about that too. One of their uh, like uh, first ones I probably ever heard of, honestly. But as well, I watched La La Land and the Royal Tenenbaums. Mm. Uh, La La Land. I, you know, I'm not a massive guy, but I do like Damien Chazelle a lot. Uh, Gosling and, and Stone are great, but, you know, with all the expectations, I would probably say it's a little overrated. I definitely think Moonlight's a better picture. Not not much contest. I, I give it four stars. I think it's good. And then The Royal Tenenbaums, which um, another Wes Anderson flick. I've been getting into Wes Anderson late, lately. I think, like, past couple months I've watched uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Grand Budapest Hotel, now the Royal Tenenbaums for the first time. I think the Royal Tenenbaums is probably my favorite out of that bunch. Uh, it's kind of just, like, got that extreme, like, weirdness and quirkiness to all the characters to where they seem, like, ridiculously believable. Like, these are the, the rich kids who were kind of spoiled growing up. But I think it's great. I think the standout, funny enough, is Willy Wonka himself, uh, Gene Wilder. I think he's. Oh no, that's not who that is. Uh, no, is that who's the lead guy? It is Gene Wilder, isn't it? You have to cut that out. <laughs> I think who plays Lex Luthor? It's Owen Gene Wilson. Wilder. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, who plays Willy Wonka? Oh, Gene Wilder plays Willy Wonka, but is he in the Royal Tenenbaums? <laughs> No, no, no. What's that guy's name? Gene Hackman? Gene Hackman. There it is. That's you got, like your, you got your you got your jeans mixed up. I did. Good jeans. But I think uh Gene Hackman, that's his name. I think he is very good in that movie. Ben Stiller as well, obviously. Kind of he has a lot more emotional stuff with like uh, his wife just died or whatever. But I think Gene Hackman, like learning to become a grandfather is actually a pretty cool story. But yeah, that's my big uh, movies. I also checked out, you know, the, the She-Hulk finale. I wanted to talk about that, but I wasn't sure if you'd seen it. Um, I have seen it, but I want to save that for our next mm. episode. Okay. I want to dis- yeah, discuss it with we, the, the guest that's coming on. That's perfect. We really need to talk about that because I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, will, we will definitely get into that. Moving on to some of the stuff that I've been into. Obviously, Succession has mm. taken up a lot of time, a little bit less on movies recently. Um, there's a couple horror things that I've been checking out, but that I also want to save for our next episode because our, our next two episodes are going to be horror themed. Um, the big thing I'll, I'll hit on is is I went and saw a movie that we discussed back in our, our Oscar prediction podcast, a documentary on the big screen, Cody, Fire of really? Love. Oh, I'm actually jealous. Yeah, so sick. got to go see it on the IMAX. And I would definitely say like it is a good way to watch this movie. The the stuff that these two captured, Kate Katia and Maurice Kraft, the, the the two centers of the story, the stuff that they were able to capture is truly incredible. Like the 
hours and hours of footage and the, like they made tons and tons of movies on their own and they they did so much great work to save a ton of lives and also further like our knowledge of of volcanoes and and as as carter spoiled so so painstakingly for us on that podcast they do unfortunately pass away you know in this pursuit of of volcanoes um as a document as like an actual story eh, i doesn't work as well for me like in terms of like <laughs> making a movie like calling your movie fire of love and like telling this mm-hmm. i don't think that's as successful as a visual piece super interesting um and and two really interesting people uh just i, I don't know like maybe a biopic would almost be better suited to like tell their story um this is just really cool of like looking at volcanoes kind of my thing yeah i feel like that was the main draw but yeah, it seems like a very like dramatic story as well. So I I could see them doing like a a biopic on it kind of. The the one thing that I I'll say is there's there's a kind of a moment in the movie where it, it's it's like Maurice talking and it his essentially the the reason they turned so heavily to volcanoes and they were so interested in this is they like were so disillusioned with like modern society and like the like the pains of like the failures of humans and like the like the wars that were being fought and like the disregard for other human life so they were like you know what fuck it we're gonna stay away from people and we're gonna go and just like <laughs> be into volcanoes and i admire that's cool. that <laughs> yeah that, that's cool train of thought honestly <laughs> yeah Indeed, for sure but uh yeah that that's really all i got in the in the way of recommendations for this week uh got another big uh big movie day playing tomorrow so we'll, we'll report back right. in the next one <laughs> i'm excited for that hey and playoff baseball it's been great what did i say it we've had some exciting yeah. games we had lots of upsets still going um no, lots, the, the lots national league's been, been crazy yeah shout out the phils and uh the padres yeah. big time upset. a little uh like, worried about like what playoff. the what the Astros are going to do to everybody, but yeah, Jordan Alvarez is pretty good. And Jordan. Hopefully they lose, but they probably won't. All right. Well, that's uh, all we got for you this week and uh, get ready to get spooky next week. Oh, Spooktober is coming. Be prepared. Oh yeah. Ooh. <laughs> what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it.